So I've been waiting for my apartment to get quiet. I've been waiting for the construction to stop and for my cat to stop meowing, but I'm not sure that that is ever going to happen. So we're just going to go for it. I live in New York City. It's very loud. I apologize for that. But hello, friends, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast. This is episode three. The Healthier Together podcast is all about coming together and sharing our knowledge to live healthier and happier lives. Each episode, I'll have a guest, like a best-selling author, a world-famous doctor, an award-winning chef, a TV star, a movie star, a celebrity hypnotist, and so much more. And we're going to talk about things like food, beauty, wellness, travel, meditation, and how to generally live our best lives. We're also going to get into dealing with the bad stuff that impedes us from living our best lives, like feeling anxiety or suffering from chronic disease or... I don't know, being stressed at work or any of those types of things, dealing with grief, finding success, not knowing what your life's purpose or passion is, all of these types of things. We're going to see how people who really have it figured out deal with it and learn from them. I'm excited to do that, certainly. Um, today, I have two two amazing guests that I'm so excited to share with you. It is Nico Tortorella and Bethany Myers. They are a force together and apart. So let's get into, we'll start with Nico. Nico is an actor and a poet. Uh, You might recognize him from TV Land's Younger, where he plays Josh, a super sexy tattoo artist, Um, or his new book of poetry, which is All of It Is You, that just came out, and it is so, so, so beautiful. I have it by my bed. I read myself poems when I go to sleep at night, and they're, they're funny and fun, but they're also really resonant and kind of speak to how we interact with ourselves and the world at large. And I absolutely love it. I'm in awe of people who can write poetry. I've been a writer since I was five and I literally have never written one good poem. You just have to choose your words so precisely. And I find it very anxiety inducing, but Nico did it. He did it beautifully. And I highly recommend you guys all check that out. I will leave a link to that in the show notes below. Um, I fell in love with Nico when he hosted his podcast, which is called The Love Bomb. I don't think it's out anymore. He ended it, but you might still be able to find old episodes. But he basically interviewed humans that he loved about the concept of love and explored love, which is one of the most important and simple and complicated things on the planet. I thought it was really beautiful and wonderful, which brings me to one of the humans that he loves, Bethany Myers. Bethany and Nico got married recently after being together for a very, very long time. Their wedding photos are insane. I will leave a link to them in the show notes below. Be sure to check them out. They are mind-bogglingly sexy. Um, Bethany is amazing. She is the creator of the Become Project, which is an online workout platform that's designed to empower people through movement. I do the Become Workouts. I love them. They're like 25 minutes long, so you can actually fit them into your day. And they combine, I would say, I'm not a workout junkie, so I might get this wrong, but they combine, I would say, Pilates and yoga and like some Bethany secret sauce and they're to fun music and you feel like it's truly the most effective workout you can do in that amount of time. Like you just feel stronger and you feel better in your body and it's amazing. So I'll leave a link to that below. Um, Bethany's also just, she said something during this interview that has stuck with me since we talked. Basically, she said that women need to not love their bodies or their faces or how they look, but they need to accept it. And they need to look at themselves and be like, this is 
who I am and this isn't going to change. And I'd never thought about it before, but when I look in the mirror so often, I just sort of breeze past the bot the parts of my body or my face that I don't like. I like don't really look at my nose or my hips or my height. I'm really tiny and I'm um, always a little self-conscious about that. And then when I see myself in a photo, I'm like, oh my God, am I really that short? Or does my nose really look like that? Or does my chin really look like that? And that's because I'm never really looking at those parts when I look in the mirror myself. So since Bethany said that, I've been taking an effort to really see myself and it feels easier than loving those parts, but just being like, no, those are mine. I'm going to have them forever. I need to acknowledge them. And I really, I loved it. It, I've been doing it since we talked and I would love if you guys wanted to try that and just to see how that goes for you guys. So let me know. Um, they, Bethany and Nico are in an open relationship. They're in a fluid relationship they they kind of have become the poster children for living lives according to their own terms in a label-free way. Um, and so we get into that. I found it really inspiring. I, I think too often we go through our lives doing things because we feel like we're supposed to do them without really questioning why we were supposed to do them or who said that we were supposed to do them. And Bethany and Nico have mastered the art of asking those questions why, and and more importantly, asking what they actually want to do. So I've taken a ton of inspiration for that from that, and I hope that you guys find that same sort of inspiration in this episode. We talk about a lot of stuff in this episode. We kind of trace the path of their relationship through time and how it all started and the different ups and downs which is really, really interesting. We talk about both of their struggles with body love issues and eating disorders. We get into Nico's alcoholism and how that's affected his relationship with Bethany. We talk about how being married has impacted their relationship and also their secondary and tertiary relationships. We talk about how if they think most people would benefit from being in an open relationship, I am not in one, but I've always been curious about it and and then I don't know if you guys know Esther Perel. She's a psychologist, but she often sort of preaches that it's very difficult for people to stay in one long-term relationship forever. And I'm always just like, well, what's the best way with relationships? What will make us happiest? And this was one angle on exploring that. So I'm really, really, really excited for you guys to listen to this one. Be sure to stick around to the end because Nico reads an amazing poem that he wrote for Bethany about marriage and also one that he wrote for their future unborn child. So if you're looking to cry, this is a really good opportunity to do that. Um, one final thing, uh, for each of these podcasts, I'm really hoping that we can actually make real changes in our lives. I don't want to just listen to the episode and have it sort of fly away. So I've created a challenge for each episode. I would love if you guys would do it with me. We can all do it together, get healthier together, see what I did there. Um, you can find all of that on Instagram at Liz Moody and also the uh, hashtag HT podcast, HT like healthier together. So come check that out. I'll have a challenge for every single episode. I have a really good one for this sort of first chunk of three episodes that I'm releasing. Also, I'm doing a giveaway for every single episode. So I'm definitely giving away Nico's book for this one, but often it'll be just like things that people who I've been interviewing really love and it feels like they've changed their lives with it. So always check on Instagram for that, at Liz Moody for the giveaway and the challenge for the week. 
And of course, if you love this episode, please, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. It's so important, especially at the beginning to help people find the podcast. And I'm so, so grateful for every single review. And without any further ado, here's Nico Tortorella and Bethany Myers. We'll see how it goes with me hosting versus Wee-hoo. you hosting. I'm very excited to be on the other side of the seat. <laughs> have you done a lot on the other side or have you mostly I done? mean, I've done a ton of interviews. Uh, I haven't done that many podcasts. I was on um, that Whenever, that WNYC podcast mm-hmm. a couple nights ago. It's a live show. Oh, cool. It was so much fun. What, is it like a game show or something? Or no, is it just it's like Michelle, chat? I can't remember her last name. That's embarrassing. Michelle something. She's a stand-up comedian. So she has like an opening set and then a couple guests. And it's just conversational. I always get so nervous when I watch comedy because I like want them to do really well. Mm-hmm. And if they're not doing well, I get like... Yeah, very anxious for them. Um, All right, so thank you guys for joining me today with your two adorable dogs (laughs) and your one kind of scary tiger. (laughs) Um, Were you involved at all in the the stuffing of that? I was not involved in the stuffing of that tiger. That is, in fact, a real tiger. Is it? Yes. Um, It's been in my family for a little bit my grandma gave it to me really? my grandma kind of collects taxes for me in Chicago she has an antique store okay so that brings me to my first question which is do you guys come from kind of like a traditional backgrounds at all like are your are your families you both have gone very a traditional past in mm-hmm. your life um I mean encouragement for that my family's less traditional than yours is for sure but I think we both come from pretty traditional families in the sense of like the spectrum of the world. Um, that being said, I grew up in a bar. Um, my mom owned a bar growing up. And I mean, she like got my ear pierced, mine and my brother's ear pierced when we were in preschool because <laughs> she like wanted us to be badasses. Oh my God, that's so, so cool. Um, my mom almost killed me when I pierced my belly button at 18. So I come from a very traditional yeah. background. Very. Like, I felt like his family wasn't traditional, although I think in a lot of ways they are. Mm-hmm. But um, my family's super traditional. My mom was the least traditional person in her family. And where where were you growing up? In Chicago. In, northern suburbs of Chicago. So was that kind of... Was she, like, the cool woman in town? Um, When she was younger, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, where I grew up specifically... I mean, I'm from a big Catholic Italian family, and we were taught, like, not to really have friends, so my mom didn't really, like, have friends. Wait, because you're supposed to just rely on your family? Your family for everything, yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. I have, like, no nuclear, I have, like, a tiny nuclear family, so it's, like, the idea of that is really appealing to me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have this whole band of people that have to like you. Yeah, we all lived on the same block, even. Oh my god, that's so fun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then how old were you guys when you met? I was 17. You were 18. He had just turned 18. You're a little older, right? So you want to make that clear. You want to be like, he was definitely... Well, I was 20, so yeah, he wasn't like still a senior (laughs) in high school. We met in August of (laughs) 2006. um, And his birthday is at the end of July. Yes. So he had just turned 18 and I was um, 20. So you probably weren't used to being 18 yet. You still were like a 17-year-old at heart. He's still a 17-year-old at heart. Yeah. <laughs> what is age, really? Hashtag younger. <laughs> um, so who hit on him? 
Well, I definitely hit on her for sure. Yeah. Did you like see her across the room and you were like, oh my gosh, that girl? Yeah, pretty much. We were at a party in the South Loop in Chicago and we were playing beer pong, actually. <laughs> and you were on the competing team. Mm-hmm. It was Olivia, Olivia and I versus you and Natalie. The little blonde one. Yeah, Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> and we just started having a conversation. You were trying to hook me up with Natalie all night long. Yeah. And I was like, Wait, why? Interested. Was it the kind of thing where you like, I like this boy, so I'll flirt with him? No, I didn't like him at first. Um, I had a boyfriend from St. Louis. Like, I, you know, we were like doing a long distance relationship at that time. And I, Nico was at the party. I remember all of the girls being like, oh, This boy is so cute and like very head spun. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, I, who, like, which one? I wasn't very into. Such a great story, right? <laughs> so how did you persuade her to be into Well, I mean, honestly, one of the first things she ever said to me was, I have a boyfriend and I can never imagine myself with anybody else ever in my life. <laughs> so bold statement for 20 I don't agree with that. And for Bethany Myers. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, you know, at that time I was, I was, um, coming from a small town, like I had just kind of hit Bright Lights, big city. So I really only knew at that point, kind of one way to live and one way to be in a relationship. And, and like one way the universe was created through creationism. Yeah. <laughs> like she was like, I don't believe in evolution. That was the second thing that she said to me. And I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, I think I mean, as far as persuading, I don't know that you were really persuading me, but we lived in our, you know, quote, dorm buildings. We went to a city school and our dorms were um, in just like an apartment building. So he was five floors up for me and he, his roommate never showed up for college. So Nico had like a space all to himself Ooh. and it was like very cool. And your roommate. Okay. Well, it, there's a story behind that. Actually, we kind of like fooled the school into thinking that I was going to have a roommate. My buddy, my best friend from high school got into the same school, was planning on going. We said we were going to live together, and then last minute he pulled out and never came. So it was my friend that was supposed to be in that. So you orchestrated having a cool room. Yeah, pretty much my whole life. And the second I assigned him a roommate, he moved out. Yeah. <laughs> one, one Saturday night, some kid came and knocked on my door. I was like, oh, I'm your new roommate. And literally by Monday, I, was, he was I moved gone. out. Yeah. Um, so, so when we first started hanging out, he would just invite me up to his apartment and I'd like hang out and do schoolwork. And was it eight D or something? I have no idea. Um, and and were you doing that because you liked her, or were you doing that because you wanted to convince her that evolution was real? Both. <laughs> no, it's definitely that I liked her. I mean, I. I don't know, there's anyone that meets Bethany, there's just an energy about her and a light that is just so bright. And I was just, you know. Drawn to the light. Very much so drawn to it. Still am. Oh. Yeah. So at what point were you like, this guy is cuter than I thought? And, and what, at what point were you like, maybe I won't marry my boyfriend from high school? Yeah, I would say like over a two-week period, it happened pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Nico and I were hanging out and he was just unlike any person I ever met. And I talk about this often, but Nico was the first person that questioned me about some of my religious beliefs and some of my upbringing. Um, And 
did it in a non-threatening way. Mm-hmm. So before, you know, somebody would be like, why do you believe this? I'd be like, that's what the Bible says. Like, that's what, you know, like, that's what it is. That's what it is. And he would question me. And I, I it was like the first time where I thought about it. And I was like, I don't know. A lot of what I believe is simply because of what I've been told. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the relationship started like in a very almost spiritual way like he you know I remember him walking around the apartment with like a big bowl of salad and eating it with chopsticks <laughs> and you know I came from this little small town like we ate chips and queso like I you know I had never met like a teenage or yeah a teenage boy that was eating a salad and I was so intrigued by him and um and it, 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 he sparked my imagination in a lot of different ways and slowly I began to realize I, I had feelings for him and probably like within the first time of us hooking up, like it was a very tight crossover of like breaking up with my boyfriend and like hooking up with Nico. There was well, a, I mean, hooking up, we just like made out. Yeah, but I don't think I broke up you. with him when we made out. When we made out. The first night we kissed mm-hmm. was like great Nico's mom had sent him like had snuck in all this all these bottles of wine and so he had it your mom's so cool yeah Yeah, she is really amazing I had a bong and all this two buck chuck and And so he had a night where like drinking wine and smoking weed and all of a sudden it wasn't us just like hanging out anymore. We were like sitting on the couch and almost kissing, you know, like where you almost come in for a kiss and then you don't, you almost mm. do. And the first time we kissed, it was honestly, it was magical. That sounds so cheesy, but it really was. <laughs> <laughs> and then was that it? Were you guys just like, we're going to date now? We <laughs> no, not know. at all. <laughs> no. We like sort of dated for probably a, like a few weeks. That was probably the only time we dated traditionally. Yeah. It was like this two weeks where we tried to, you know, standard date. And I was annoyed with him and he was annoyed with me. What What were you annoyed with? I don't even remember. I, I don't know. It just like, we were just like trying to do this like very standard style of dating that I don't think at that time we knew that that didn't work for us. Right. You know, I mean, later we realized, but he called me one day mm-hmm. and was like, I don't really think this is working. And I was like, is he breaking up with me right now? <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, this isn't working. Like I'm breaking up with you first sort of thing. Um, and then, and then for a couple of weeks, we didn't talk at all, which, which was funny because we had, you know, a lot of mutual friends in school. We didn't talk at all. And then one of our friends decided he was going to start this like production company and or not a, he was going to throw these like crazy parties and we were going to do flyers and like, we're going to be the models for the flyers. We were going to be the models for the flyers of this, of this party. So we like did a makeshift photo shoot in the kitchen of our dorm and it was Nico and I, and I remember being so nervous because we hadn't spoken to each other. And the shot was us very close to each other, almost kissing, but not kissing. And for like, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, we had to shoot this like almost kiss, but don't kiss. And it was just electric, like electricity. We had to go find those pictures. They're so cute. Um, And yeah. And then from there, we started sleeping with each other and just had like a casual, like we're not really dating, but we kind of are. And we would be in a room together across the room and people would be like, what's going on with you two? Like it was incredibly magnetic from the beginning, but neither one of us 
I would say that neither one of us really wanted to act as the pursuer. So we both, um, you know, just played hard to get for a year. And, uh, and we became really good friends fast. Yeah. You know, that was like the biggest thing between the two of us. I mean, I just liked hanging out with her. And I remember one night specifically, because um, I, I lived on the north side of town. She lived on the south side of Chicago. And I... She would come over to my spot because I had an apartment. She was still living in the dorms. And... I had three roommates. She was coming over and, like, we would be having a lot of sex, right? But then um, I was like, oh, do you want to come over tonight? We, like, ran into each other in the elevator. And she was like, like, I, like, I'm on my period. Like, I don't know if I should come over tonight. And I was like, I don't fucking care. Like, we don't have to have sex to hang out. And that was kind of, like, the first time we were like, oh. It's something... more. It we was the first time I ever went together. over and stayed yeah. and we didn't sleep together and I was like, you can just come and be in my bed, yeah. you know? That was nice. Yeah. So then how did it evolve from there? You're married now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years in between. Twelve years. Twelve years in between. Well, I think the first like big thing that happened after that is he called me um, before spring break and he was like, do you want to go to Mexico? My mom found this trip. His mom found this trip, um, you know, like an all-inclusive, like, like state apple of play. Yeah, an Apple vacation. This is whatever. not branded, y'all. And, I mean, at that time, the idea of me being able to go on a trip with a, a guy alone and, of course, like, have to get money from my mom was was out of the question. Like, there was no way that that was a possibility in my world. Did your family even know that you knew Nico at this point? Did they know you were having sex? Didn't know I was having... Well, there was never that type of conversation with yeah. you and your family. And, and I, don't, I didn't tell my mom, like, oh, I'm dating this guy. Like, I don't feel like I told her about you. Um, she knows now, right? Yes, <laughs> she definitely knows. And loves Nico. Okay. Um, And so anyway, I called my mom and I was like, a bunch of friends, you know, want to go on a trip. And I basically made it sound like we were going with all these people. Thank God it was before the world of social media where it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. you know, you didn't post like you could get by with that. So, um, so anyway, she gave me some cash and we went on this trip and that's where we, I would say that's where we fell in love. Mm -hmm. And Xtapa, Mexico? No, Huatuco. No, it was Ixtapa. You're incorrect. It was definitely Ixtapa. I'll prove it to you. I have the ticket stub. All right, so we'll link the ticket stub in our show. <laughs> <laughs> I will prove to everyone how right I am. Did you um, say that you loved each other on that trip? It's a good question. No, there's no way. Do you remember the first time one of you said that you loved the other person? I couldn't tell you it specifically, but I'm pretty sure it was something like he said, well, you know, I love you, right? And I was like, yeah, hi, I love you too, of course. And that was probably it. <laughs> we also had our first foursome on that trip to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was like when we really felt That wasn't our first other. foursome. That was our second. Oh, yeah, it was our second. Wait, so what was your first foursome? And apologies to them for forgetting them momentarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, the first one was very forgettable. Um, and how did you even know that you guys were sort of open to that, especially you, Bethany? We were in college, you know? It was I, know like, I don't know if you guys, a lot of people go through college without having any <laughs> or <laughs> Fun fact. 
Yeah, I don't. It was probably me driving the boat on that one. Yeah, well, the first one I wasn't happy about. Like, I felt very uncomfortable afterwards. Um, it's just like there's so many bodies and things, and I was like, I don't know. Like, I felt like the next day I felt icky, and it wasn't planned out, it wasn't talked about, it wasn't done correctly. And so then in Mexico, I was like, we're going to do it, and this is my chance, and I'm not going to be weird about it this time. But then I was the and one that then was weird Nico about was it. the one that was How very weird about oh it. Oh my God, I like crumbled that. It was like an older French couple. And like, did you, like, see them across the pool and you were like, then? Yeah, for sure. And you, like, kind of hunted them a little bit? It was, yeah, it was I a think dual they hunt. Hunted us. Yes. Yeah. And it just, we, it was a lot of tequila. There was some weed involved. And I just, like, had a anxiety attack, I think, halfway through. <laughs> Half what you were already, like, fully involved Yo, in. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What did you do? I like, <laughs> what does one do when they have a panic attack in the middle of a <laughs> I honestly, the way that our window of our hotel room was set up, you could, like, walk out the window and you were, like, sitting on the roof of the second level. And I went outside and I went to go smoke a cigarette, I think, and the other girl, the girl this woman came outside and sat with me and we like had an hour long like life conversation while her and this old dude were in the shower (laughs) (laughs) oh no um so would you consider that one like were you like did you enjoy the experience of it i mean i don't i felt like I honestly felt like I was kind of trying to make up for the previous right. time. Like right. I was trying to be, Papa, shh, shh, shh. do you want to be on the podcast too, Papa? <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think the most important thing that came from that is just how close we got from the experience. You know, the, the next day we really had to be there for each other and we were at an all-inclusive resort so it's not like we could avoid these other two people you know and i was like fucking a mess about it honestly um do you know what what triggered the panic attack no not really you wanted me all to yourself yeah probably i think think it was because of like the depth of your feelings yeah it must have been for sure and had you done before Bethany, had you done a lot of sort of multi-partner experiences? No, no, definitely not. Um, I mean, I had been with probably over 10 women, a few dudes. Um, no, but nothing multiple. When was the first time you were with a guy? When I was in high school. And did you, were you always comfortable with it as a possibility, even coming from where you came from? Um... No, I mean, there was definitely trauma built into it from my family. Um, I mean, it was not something that you ever did. It was not something that was accepted. Um, I mean, there was a lot of uh, homophobia in my family. I mean, being Sicilian and, you know. Yeah, there was racism. I mean, it was, you know, there was a lot in my family. And we were supposed to live a certain way. But um, I always just questioned all of that. And, I mean, I remember the first time I even thought that, like, being gay was a thing. I realized that it was a thing. And I asked my mom, I was like, why would two guys or two girls ever be together? Like, they can't have babies. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, obviously, to have sex is not to have a baby. I realized that (laughs) later on in life. 
But she freaked out and she was like, what are you talking about? Like two dudes holding hands is disgusting. Like what? Like what? I was like, oh, I'm definitely thinking about this a lot differently than you are. So how did you, I mean, in high school, how were you like, I'm going to think differently. I'm fine with this. Um, you know, I had a good friend that I knew was like going through it and I... I wanted to like be there for him. And I think that I, I knew that I wanted to explore, but I also knew that he was going through it and I just opened myself up to it. And so he was struggling with the notion of whether he was attracted to men or not. Yes. And you guys sort of experimented together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And were you immediately like, this is something I enjoy or did you have sort of feelings of guilt or shame around it? Uh, both, really. I mean, I think the next day there was guilt and shame built into it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I loved it. It was great. I, I've i always liked things that, like, I wasn't supposed to do, you know? I, I've <laughs> always liked pushing boundaries and being explorative and, and, like, breaking rules. And that was a rule that, that I broke. Um, do you think that's part of your attraction to men is or your attraction to sort of a non-normative lifestyle is that it's a rule-breaking thing i mean i think it's very multi-dimensional and layered and there i'm sure there's some daddy issues built into it too <laughs> um yeah that's part of it mm-hmm. so you guys come back from mexico nico's deeply in love with bethany mm-hmm. bethany's clean from her shower with the <laughs> um and then are you guys like dating are you open relationship are you hanging out yeah, I, I mean, we never called each other boyfriend and girlfriend. Ever. I, I mean, ever. I mean, there was maybe some times down the road where we used it to help, like, explain to someone else. But to each other, those were never really labels that we used. And it was a relationship that we just didn't, we didn't ever have a talk and, like, define it. It just sort of lived. And I liked that and he liked that. And then... The next thing that happened was I got my own apartment. Mm. and Two blocks from my apartment. Yeah, a couple <laughs> blocks away. And he moved in with me for the summer. Mm. Um, and then... Is this, are you still in college at this point? Yeah, so I... This is all less than a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this... So in March, we went... So we met in August. By March, we went to Mexico. By May, he moved in with me for the summer. And by the end of July, I moved to L.A. He moved to L.A. To be an actor? Mm -hmm. Well, to go to school. I was at Columbia in Chicago, and then I transferred to Loyola Marymount in L.A. to a business program from art school, which was a terrible idea. Why did you do it? It was just a means to get to L.A. Okay. So did you always know you wanted to be an actor? Yeah, I mean, I always knew it was just what I was going to do. Um, I mean, I've had other plans that, you know, some have worked out, some haven't. Um, But... Yeah, I mean, it was, I've just always known that it was going to be my life in one way or another. So you, and then do you guys keep things going? So I think a good story for this is he, he was in LA and there was a guy that was in our friend group in Chicago. I would say that him and Nico were sort of like frenemies, you know, they were, they were similar in a lot of ways, very different. And this guy was like, I I was not. I did not consider him a frenemy at all. He probably considered me a frenemy. I had no problem with Grant at all. Bethany's face might say otherwise. I mean, I think it's whatever. It's maybe a little <laughs> subconscious. There was like there was just like a little tension there. 
And so anyway, this guy was like my best friend. He was like kind of my brother friend. And he had a girlfriend that was like crazy jealous girl. And one night I had a party at my house and myself and this guy ended up hooking up and we slept together. And after I was like, nobody can know this. Like your girlfriend's going to be so upset, like all this stuff. And he ended up telling his girlfriend, his girlfriend called Nico and told Nico. And even though Nico and I hadn't necessarily said we were exclusive, it was just, it was a, it was a moment for us of having to be like, okay, what is this and what's going on? And I remember Nico being upset and I remember crying in my kitchen and just being like, I ruined everything, you know, everyone, like I ruined all of this. I've lost Nico. I lost my best guy friend. I made her mad at me. Like, and by that night, I want to say Nico um, called me back and was like, I'm, I'm sorry. And you can do the things that you want. And he also had somebody there that he had been sleeping with. And it was kind of the first time where we were like, okay, we're across the country, but we have other relationships and that's okay. And, um, it just made us stronger. Like it wasn't a thing. It was like, yeah, we're living across the country from one another. We're young. We don't have to be super exclusive, but we can still care about each other and respect one another and Mm -hmm. like do it the right way. And did you guys still like talk on the phone all the time? And were you sort of friendly to each other at that time? We were never actually big phone talkers early on. I don't remember. And would you fly out to visit? <laughs> she like came that? to LA a few times. I came to Chicago a few times. Yeah. But then the next year, she moved to LA. I moved. So I was sick of Chicago because it was freezing and I didn't want to be cold anymore. And I was like, I'm going to Los Angeles. I just graduated. And Nico is there. Did so you know what you wanted to do in LA? I wanted to do um, public relations for an environmental firm. Okay. And um, so I went out. I didn't have a job, though. I was so poor when I was out there. (laughs) But I went out and I moved in with him and started job searching. And that was the second time we lived together. And that period of our life felt more like boyfriend and girlfriend. Like we didn't have other, you know, people around. Um, But we lived together for a little while and started figuring out that time in our life. It's also when we went raw, too. So life was a lot crazier. Raw food, I mean. Oh. We were raw foodists. Yeah, we were raw foodists. For years. But that was the second year of being raw. I didn't know you were raw foodists. Why did you guys do that? Just because it, like, felt, like, appropriate since you are in L.A.? My uncle's been raw for, like, 25 years. Oh, my God. And he was definitely my um, mentor in so many ways growing up. I went vegan when I was in fourth grade. And I've always done fringe things. And that was just part of it. It was like the next step. Did you guys like being wrong? Loved it so much. I liked it. It did it for two years. I liked it the first year. The second year, it became unhealthy for me. Just in a restrictive, always thinking about food type of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And anyone that has sort of eating disorder, going and doing something that extreme can be dangerous. I have always. I mean, well, not anymore, but I struggled so long with an eating disorder. And and I think also, like, raw food kind of mimics religion in certain ways. Like, there's a lot of rules and, like, good and bad and you can't cheat. you craved that since you sort of lost that foundation? One million percent. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely craved it. And and I, I still do that sometimes. Like, I put a lot of, like, this is good and this is bad. And this, you know, and if you do bad, then you have to feel shameful and feel guilty and, um, so, yeah, but the thing about raw food too is like 
if you're eating a, a, a raw diet, you're vibrating on a different frequency than everyone else is, right? The life force that you have is just elevated. And it doesn't always match with the world that you're in. Yeah. And we wound up... Um, like not having any friends that weren't raw, like having a really hard time spending time with people that weren't you living the dinner. same way that we were. Right. And it was just really exclusionary. So when did you guys decide to move from uh, L.A. to New York? <laughs> LOL. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff that happened I mean, in between this, that. This, yeah, I mean, this whole story is yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> so then when we were in L.A., Nico got a role in The Beautiful Life, which was big. The Beautiful Life was the... This it was a Misha, CW show with Misha Barton, Misha Sarah Barton. Paxton. Yeah, I actually so I was in Vegas once, and um, you know they have like test pilots where they'll ask uh-huh. you to rate them, and I was there like we'll give you like a free hot dog if you do this. I was like, oh, okay, no <laughs> way. I rated the beautiful. Life Shut and, up. So I watched the pilot. I did it. Ever, I did it. You must have gave them. it a one rating because it didn't. <laughs> it didn't no, last. It got picked up. We were on for three episodes. We shot seven. <laughs> it got canceled. Were there you was like also, a like, model? Like, yeah, but I mean there was a a lot of messy people that were working on that show and it wasn't it didn't go over very well um we were going over budget a million dollars right. an episode and ashton kusher's you know it was his whole life story and it was just oh really yeah and was he involved was mm-hmm. he yeah he was an ep on it yeah and I, I was 19 20 living in new york and partying and got you know so you moved to New York for the beautiful life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was Were you like, this is my big break? Were you like so excited? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Of I course. definitely got to I, Yeah. I mean, I started making, you know, five figures an episode for a TV show. And I, I, I was getting paid to live in New York City. And I was hanging out with all the Gossip Girl kids. And, you know, everything was free everywhere. And drugs were getting handed to me. And, yeah, it was like, the fuck, it was the beautiful life. Yeah. Quite literally. And did that affect your guys' relationship at all? Well, yeah, because I started dating Sarah Paxton. (laughs) So this time was probably really the only time that we didn't, like, this is where we didn't have a relationship. I mean, I think there's other times where we've been with other people, we've dated other people, and we still had a foundation that was there. During this time, um, we didn't have much of a foundation. And he kind of, he, like, left, you know? I mean, it happened suddenly that he moved, and I knew right away he was gone. And, um, and it was just kind of like, okay, that's what it is. So I started sleeping with your best friend. She, you know, <laughs> there's a history that made me sound so bad. Really it wasn't your best like friend. Just, just a mutual yeah, friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we, you guys weren't like on the rocks or anything though, before you booked this part, it was just like, you booked the part move to New York. No. And I think we had kind of learned it from our previous experience in Chicago. You know, like, he went to L.A. and I was still in Chicago and we sort of learned this thing. You know, we slept with other people and it was kind of like, okay, like, that's what it is right now. And not that it wasn't hard. Like, I mean, for me, it was very hard and I was, I was sad and I was hurt in a lot of ways, but it was also kind of like, Okay, I'm not going to sit around and cry about this. And there's there's always been a 
a place deep in my heart, whether I wanted it to be or not. And I went through like all of my old journals recently for his wedding present. And I scanned everything I'd ever written about him. And you can see this like places where I just, I mean, I hate him and I'm mad and he's away and he's gone. And I'm like, but I still love you. And I know you're going to be in my life forever, like scribbled across the page. And I think that somewhere deep down, like I always I did. I always knew that there was a bigger place for us in life. And I didn't know if it meant marriage or kids, but there was just no way we were leaving each other. And so through the hard times and the dark times that always stayed really prevalent, like you were, you were going to be there. And if this is what you needed right now, then okay, I'll take this time too. Do you have that sense too, Nico, that like you guys were in it forever in some Way. Yeah, I mean, there's something super cosmic about our relationship, and it's always been there. Um, but at that specific time, I mean, I was 20 years old, and I was navigating stepping into Hollywood for the first time, and what that really meant, and fame, and celebrity, and like, you know, being surrounded by people I've looked up to my whole life. And it was anyone that is in any sort of industry of fame at all understands that, like, it takes a f- a few years, a little bit to, to get acclimated with that type of world. And I think that you have always been pretty gracious about like letting me explore different worlds and vice versa, you know? Um, but the thing that comes with that celebrity world is like some sort of public persona. And, you know, I, I mean, I remember the first time there were like paparazzi pictures of me and Sarah holding hands and like the oh, thoughts of you seeing them was like, ugh. Did you see them, yeah. like, organically? No, I'm sure I searched. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm not like, a... Did he um, call you and would see, like, no. you're going to no, okay. no, no, no. Um, but I remember seeing something one time and I made a commitment. I was like, I will never look this up again. I'm really not the kind of girl who like goes through people's social media. You know, like if I break up with you, like I'm not going to your page often and looking. I just don't put myself through it. So I really dove into my work life. That was when I started teaching at a megaformer studio. I was Mm -hmm. managing a studio and that sort of became everything. So it ended up being really great for me because that's what I needed. Um, Like the space to become yourself. Yes, become. (laughs) I love you. Just slip that in there. Um, Yeah. And, and I do think that, you know, there's like, I think age played a little bit of a role here in helping me because Nico was two years younger. I mean, I don't think about that anymore. But at that time, you know, we were, yeah. what, two and a half. So I was like, Five but years. you were 20. I was 23. Like, it was a little bit like, he needs to go. He's younger. I can wait for that. You know, I think, like, that age gap felt bigger at that time. So when did you guys sort of come back together? <sighs> well, then there was... Texas, and then there was Brooklyn. There's been two... Well, we came back together in Texas. Yeah. Did you guys live in Texas? Sheila did. I did, and he just came in and visited. Austin? In Dallas. Austin, Austin, Massachusetts. Do you know what movie that's from? No. Come on. You know what movie that's from? Babe, I don't know the movies. (laughs) No. Road trip for days. Keep going. (laughs) Cricket. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this understand. <laughs> Everybody at home is laughing. Yeah, so I was in Dallas. Well, I went there for work. I ended up being in a toxic place in LA. I had a toxic boss. I was in a toxic, emotionally abusive, started to become physically abusive relationship. Um, I had 
severe eating disorder. I was maybe 90 pounds. Um, and there was an instructor of mine that taught at my studio that was going to Dallas to open up the first boutique studio in Dallas. And she asked me to come help her and I needed a way out. I was like at the end. And, um, so I left and I went there. I thought I was only going to be there for like three to six months, but we took off and I ended up being there for almost three years, like two and a half years. Did you like it? Uh, I loved what it did for my work, and I think there's amazing people in Dallas. At the end of the day, I felt stifled. You know, I came a point where I didn't feel creatively challenged, and that's when I moved to New York. Um, but in Dallas, Nico and I reconnected. I fell in love with Dallas way more than you did. Yeah, he loved Dallas. I still love Dallas. Ugh. And Let's were go. you still in the relationship with Sarah when you reconnected, or did you break no. up and then you were like, I wonder what Bethany's up to? No, yeah, Sarah and I broke up. Um, who did I start dating after Sarah? I have no idea. There were, I mean, Sarah and I were together for like three years. I don't oh, know. wow. Yeah, there was only six months of your relationship with her where I feel like we didn't talk at all. Okay. Like there was, a, there was like a six-month period where I was like, I am not answering the phone. In fact, I changed his name in my phone. It used to be like Italian lover or something really cheesy. And I was like, I'm not answering my phone anymore, so I'm going to change it to it's you. So when it calls, it'll just be it's you, you know? Now his name in my phone is still it's you, but it's like Aww. cute. It's like it's you, you know? But at that time, it, it wasn't that. Um, no, I started, I, I started dating my first boyfriend, really. Um, and... I was, we were all drinking a lot at that point in our lives. And I was like, I was filming this movie in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And it was like, right when I started talking to Lindsay too. And it was just like a messy little bit of time. And Bethany was like my rock that was in Texas. And I could, she was like an escape for me. I could leave every part of my life that I had kind of, I had built this like, you know, not the healthiest of lifestyles in LA and I could leave it all behind and go spend time with Bethany and we kind of got healthy together you know healthier together healthier yes. together yeah um did you were you nervous at all since you were sort of in the public eye more at that point about dating a man yeah I mean my first relationship with a dude was not um the healthiest at all. I mean, I, we, I was his first dude experience and, um, we like never really called each other boyfriends and it was, it was years of like playing this game and we lived together and my, my family didn't know, but he spent a lot of time with my family and it was like, Oh, you guys are best friends, but only some people like knew what was actually going on. And I wasn't good to him and he wanted more. And I mean, I still feel terrible about it to this day about some of the things that happened, but you know, we were navigating what a same sex relationship looked like for the first time at the same level. And, um, you know, he definitely had a huge problem with me, like, leaving all the time and going to go hang out with you. And do you, would you guys, when you guys are in relationships with other people, will you guys talk to each other, like, best friends about that relationship? Or no. is it kind of like, don't ask, don't tell? No, I think during that time we did. I mean, I knew about him. And, I mean, I was in Dallas. I was sleeping with anything that came my way. I was just, I mean, really. Dudes, though, women not women. <clears throat> well, a couple. And, and men, I, I mean, I got pregnant. Um, 
and and that was um, well, that was like the biggest turning point for our relationship because Nico came down and I I had an abortion and Nico stayed with me through that entire time and was there. I had dealt with my own abortion a couple years prior. And then he was there for me and it was kind of a moment where I was like, okay, we've been through all this stuff and like that was really coming out of our darkest time and yet here's this person who I haven't talked to in six months who's dropping everything and coming and staying with me for three weeks and just being there and I was like, this is this is what love is, like this is what it is, you know? And it was Yeah, it was just like a, a no matter what, like I knew at that moment, um, that we had we had something forever um, it was it was really telling and so he I mean obviously knew that I was sleeping with other people and you know hence the abortion right <laughs> exactly um and he was just he was just so good and I think that just sort of laid the foundation for us and we continued to let the other person have relationships we didn't live close together like I've never been interested in having a long distance relationship we've actually like Historically, loved being in long-distance relationships because of the freedom that it gave both of us. Yeah, for the two of us, we liked our type of long-distance relationship, yeah. but not like a traditional. You know. But at that point, you guys were like pretty much together, like talking all the time, like sleep together when you were together. But you had the freedom to do yeah. whatever you wanted. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and did you move to Brooklyn together then? Yeah, well, I was living in Brooklyn to shoot the you following. You first. Yeah, and then you came after. And then he moved to New York, and I was like, I got to get out. Like, I'm done at Dallas. I was, I was like, like let me come and move in with you. I think I was like, come to New York. Maybe. Yeah. And I remember us having a conversation. He was like, but, you know, I may sleep with some guys sometimes. And I was like, okay, well, I may sleep with some people too. Yeah, so <laughs> with your guys' open relationship outside of each other, do you guys only sleep with same-sex people? No. I do not. I well, I don't really believe in gender, A. So I, um, I'm attracted to people in the entire spectrum um, from, you know, cis dudes to trans folk to, I mean, the whole spectrum, really. I don't. I, I wouldn't sleep with another guy because I'm just not attracted to them. <laughs> do you feel like you're primarily attracted to women and then Nico's almost the exception to that rule for you? Yes. Why, what is it about women if you, if you do sort of see gender in that way? Um, like, what do you like about being in a relationship with women? Or yeah, there's women? something like, there's something very soft about a, a female. I mean, I think as far as like, being able to hold their hand or like cuddle up next to someone or um, I, I really enjoy the female energy. Um, I don't know if it like has to do with trust or calm down over there. Um, I don't know if it, I don't know if it has to do with trust or exactly what it is, but I, I mean, I can't imagine like going on a date with another guy, although I could definitely imagine that with, with females. The first time that I, was really with women and was exclusively dating women. That was a time where I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I, this makes more sense to me. This feels right. Like, these are more of the feelings that you're supposed to have. Um, How old were you when you had your first experience with women? I was, my first experience with women, I was probably 25. Um, but I didn't start dating 
women and being open about it and like uh, until I was 27, 27. And were you, did you have feelings of like guilt or shame or by that point in your life were you just sort of open to Oh whatever? yeah, all the guilt, all the shame. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to remember growing up, I, you know, I was very much under a belief system that if you're if you're gay, it's because you're very, very sinful. You've fallen so much into sin that that this is like your punishment. And essentially. you're going to hell. And you're going to hell. And there's just nothing right about it. And there's something wrong with you. And I mean, you know, it was I went to a Christian school and a church and girls weren't allowed to wear um, pants. We could only wear skirts. And, you know, it was like it was very large. I used to knock on people's doors and and go witnessing, like, are you going to heaven or hell? Like that was my, that was my life. So, I mean, I think that oftentimes I still struggle with guilt and shame and now I can, it's recognizable. So I understand what it is, but that doesn't necessarily make all the feelings go away. Like it's still hard for me to navigate some of those things, if I'm being completely honest. Mm. So why do you think you were so much more open to it than so many other people? Like, was it meeting people like Nico, who you were like, okay, this is okay? Like, so many people grew up with that kind of background and then remained completely close for their entire life. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I was very much so a through line to a lot of that world. Definitely. And then, you know, I mean, something in me just hasn't been able to follow the rules Either as much as I, as much as I can see myself sort of being like in the box and this and that. I mean, I've shaved my head, I've grown up my armpit hair, I've you know dated different people. Like I've moved to a lot of cities. I think that that even just in and of itself, being from a smaller town, like you know, girls don't just go away and move wherever they want. Like whatever city sparks their interest. Um, At the end of the day, it's putting yourself first, right? And not really. Yeah. It's not that you don't care, but it's like putting your priorities over how other people are going to see you and feel about you and think about you. And, you know, and at some point it hurts like, more to fake it than it does to be real about it. Yeah. And that's inherently spiritual, right? Like that is a first step in some sort of spiritual practice when you take a look in the mirror and you're like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I want. And I'm not going to let any else's beliefs get in that way and I'm going to explore it and seek and you know be happy like that's so beautiful and I think that we've always encouraged that in each other way past our sexuality and our gender identity and everything we just want to see each other grow and evolve and change and be dynamic and fall and get back up and you know our sexualities are just one little sliver of All right, let's take a brief break so I can introduce you to one of my favorite products on the planet. If you know anything about me, you know that I can't do caffeine. It stokes my anxiety and it makes me feel really crazy. And I was always so jealous of anyone who could reach for their morning cup of joe and feel wide awake and also look really cool with their like mug and all of that. That was never me. But now I have my mushrooms. And by that, I'm talking about Four Sigmatic. They're basically medicinal mushrooms, not psychedelic, although my dad was very concerned by that when I told him that I was obsessed. And they come in these super convenient little packages that I stash in my backpack so I have them wherever I go. In fact, most of the time when I'm at a coffee shop or at a cafe, I'll just order hot water and then I'll mix in one of my Four Sigmatic packs so I can save some money and I don't have to worry about them not having a tea that I like, which happens 
quite often because, as you can imagine, I have quite strict standards for what I consume. So there are a bunch of different kinds of the mushrooms, and each one has different benefits. So I take a cordyceps in the morning to feel awake, and then I take lion's mane when I'm feeling that 3 p.m. slump, and it really helps me kind of focus and not want to, I don't know, go read a million blogs instead of doing my actual work. And then I take reishi when I'm feeling stressed out or anxious, which for me, again, if you know anything about me, is quite often. I've turned into a bit of a mushroom evangelist at work and with my friends. People used to come to me for a tea to heal every ailment. I'd open up my tea drawer and I'd be like, oh, here's your your blend for this stomach ache or if you're feeling anxious or tired. But now I am a mushroom evangelist and people come to me to find out which shroom they should use for whatever's wrong with them. People also ask me about the taste a lot and I actually don't like culinary mushrooms very much. It's a weird thing about me. If you read my cookbooks, you'll notice that there aren't a lot of mushroom recipes in there because I just don't love them. They turn my stomach a little bit, but I find the four sigmatic mushrooms to be really earthy and grounding. And I like the new formula. A lot of their new formula ones don't have any stevia or sweetener, and it's kind of an herby and it's, it's a really subtle flavor. Okay. It's grounding. Grounding is like the main word I would go for. It just, it, it instantly sort of makes you feel calmer and, and more present and whole. I think, um, I would think of like an herb tea or a chai, but less spicy than a chai. So just sort of that herby, rooty, grounding vibe. They also have a ton of flavored stuff. If you prefer that I'm loving their chai lattes recently. They're so, so good. They're also caffeine free, which is hard to find in a chai. Um, they're amazing. And then they also have a golden milk latte, which is new. And I am a hundred percent obsessed with that's one of my favorite morning drinks. I took a bunch of them when I went back to California recently and I used them all up on day three and I was very sad about it. So if you want to try them yourself, and I highly recommend that you do clearly, it's become one of my absolute staples. You should see my desk. It's piled with four sigmatic boxes. Go to foursigmatic.com slash healthier together. That's F O U R S I G M A T I C.com slash healthier together. H E L T H I E R T O G E T H E R. You can also get 15% off using healthier together as a code, although you barely need it. They're not one of those like wellness products that costs a zillion dollars for a teaspoon and you don't even know if it's working. They're really, really affordable and the kind of thing that you can actually incorporate into your day-to-day life. So I love that. Um, and message me on Instagram if you have any questions about them. I love talking about mushrooms and I've done a ton of research on them. And I'm really a believer, which I don't say about very many things. The evidence keeps stacking up for their short and long-term benefits. So I definitely recommend you get in on that. Again, use the code healthier together and um, enjoy. Come and tell me if you like them for sure, because I'm hundred percent obsessed. And I want, I want to talk about it with people. So come and tell me. And all right, without further ado, let's get back to the conversation. So what do you want to see for Bethany, like, over the course of the rest of her life in that way? I mean, it's more what I, like, it's probably easier to answer what I don't want to see, you know? I want to see her do whatever she wants to do. There are there are no restrictions, really. As long as she's, like, taking care of herself and she's not hurting anybody else, like, I fully support any decision. And what do you want to see for Nico? Yeah, same thing. When did you get sober? 
uh, three and a half. Hey! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is when everything gets good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Three and a half years ago. It's just sober from alcohol. Alcohol was like my real issue. Um, and was it like a one day you woke up and you were like, I can't do this anymore? Were you part of that, Bethany? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, actually, like I had, I was a binge drinker. I would go on, you know, three, four day just full excursions from life. And uh, the final one was in LA and I I was just a mess and I my whole family was involved. Like everyone knew it was a big issue. Nobody at work knew it was an issue, but you know, the closest people in my life knew and I called Bethany. I was like I I have to get out of here. I have to come to you. I have to come to you. And I flew I don't even know how I got on that flight, honestly. I like You packed. didn't even pack your bag. I, Were I, you I, fucked up at the oh, time? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, like, an empty bag that I, like, brought to the airport with me. I lost my passport. It's kind of symbolic. Yeah. And yeah. I showed up at Bethany's house at, like, probably 6 o'clock in the morning. I took a red eye from L.A., and I was just hysterically crying. Yeah. And I crawled into bed, and she had to go to work that morning, and I stayed in bed all day. And, ex- and Bethany's ex-girlfriend was still living in that apartment, too girlfriend at the time and we woke up that morning and we went to ginger snaps i got a seven day juice cleanse and i got um i'm gonna say this off record for a second what's marianne williamson's books called and i bought um and so i got the juice cleanse and i bought a course of miracles and i just that was it and i just started working and i haven't had a drink since was it excruciating? I mean, the first week off alcohol is supposed to be like one of the most excruciating withdrawals that you can go through. Yeah, it wasn't the first time I had gotten sober. I mean, I had um, a. I've, I've had my experience getting on and off drugs and alcohol. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was really, really, really tough, though. I don't know why I'm so close to the mic. Sorry. <laughs> so, did that make your relationship better? Had it been an issue in a relationship, your drinking? Yes. I mean, because, well, when he would drink a lot, I would drink a lot. I I mean, I still drink, um, but if I want to get out of control with alcohol, I very easily can. And if I'm around people or dating people that are addicts, I tend to become more addictive. Um, And I've definitely dated a lot of addicts in my time. Um, So... When he was drinking, I was like, I would just, you know, try to get more drunk than he was. So that way it was like, you know, you just didn't have to deal with it or like think about it or you could kind of stay on track or something. Um, and and during those times, like we definitely did hurtful things to each other where we didn't. I mean, we just did hurtful things because we were really fucked up. We don't really talk about those times very much. <laughs> <laughs> Can you guys talk about something like a fight you would have or something because you guys just seem so enamored with each other and I don't know I feel like no relationship can be as perfect as you guys oh good (laughs) honestly I mean what it comes down to is we were both hurting ourselves and when that happens we weren't respecting ourselves we weren't respecting each other and we probably took our own like self-loathing out on each other so much. Um, I mean, I, me probably more than her. Um, I would do it in secret. You would do it in the open. 
like I would like, I mean, at that, during this time, we, it wasn't like quite set as an quote open relationship. Like we didn't have rules. We didn't have things figured out. So he would maybe sleep with somebody or go off or be making out. And I would come over and I'd be like, what the fuck? I'm crazy. You know? Or like ask somebody to marry Screaming. me. And there was like paparazzi pictures of it the next day. Oh, like, yeah. Like fucking I just, terrible shit. Stuff that was, it was no good. And at that point I would get, you know, I mean, I have a, I have definitely a temper and a fiery side if you cross me and it came out and it would just be a lot of. It, the only real fights we've ever had have been when we're both like black out drunk. Yeah. And, you know, alcohol is so terrible in that way. It can bring out the absolute worst in people. And I'm not the type of sober person that's like, everyone should be sober. I hate alcohol. I love alcohol. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing for so many people. But like, it brought out the worst in me at times. And, you know, it had its effects on our relationship. Yeah. But so many worse things could have happened. The fact that we stayed safe, that nothing bad actually ever happened, that I never got arrested, that I never hurt anybody. Like, yeah. we've always been so divinely protected. Um, and it's just been recognized. Like, we've always just been okay. So even when you were drinking a lot and partying a lot, did you still feel like you were on this sort of, like, spiritual life journey? Were you still open to that? Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, like, the shaman belief is you have to hit the bottom to realize what the top is. And um, But would you have said something like, the shaman belief is this at that point? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Still very spiritual. That's yeah, it's, it's... I don't know that at the time we really recognized what a problem it was was mm -hmm. you know and, and looking back now it's like oh my god <laughs> but at the time it was just I mean we were two kids living in New York like going crazy and having fun and like I didn't really have any responsibilities outside of my work and I was working two days a week and yeah, I was getting paid ton of money to live in I taught two classes a week at SLT where no one came you know like when I first came here it was terrible so I, uh, we could go out on a Tuesday we could go out I mean, all the time this you know city harbors addiction it's yeah. like you know and especially also, I feel like the Hollywood and, like, film hey, scene here yeah. has its... And it's free. Yeah. Like, you know. Not, yeah, and you don't have to drive. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's... How did your sort of... you? I assume you get recognized on the street and stuff like that mm -hmm. now. How did that affect your guys' relationship? It like, the burgeoning really sort of fame or, like, the fact that you're dating people that you're getting packed with. Was that... <laughs> Be, would you get more annoyed when he's dating, like, Lindsay Lohan than some person you've never heard of? Well, I also had my rounds with Lindsay Lohan, so <laughs> I think that was even good. Wait, what were your rounds with Lindsay Lohan? You know, we had, like, a few nights. You got a few... Chills. Yeah. Chills. Sure. Um... And would it always be like that? Like, is that one of the ways you would deal with jealousy, is you just come and get in on the thing? Yeah, well, that wasn't with you. If, oh, okay. if Nico did something, I would find something else to do. It was okay. that. It was that simple, you know. Whether or not he knew about it, just to like. But I would always find out about it years later when, like, <laughs> Bethany, when I, when I would always tell Bethany exactly what was going on in one way or another. It was very much so like public information, everything that was happening, and then even still to this day, I'm finding out shit. I was like, bitch. Really? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know. Got to have a secret. Um, but it's funny because the question, we often get asked that question, like, did, you know, celebrity or did I in the public like change your relationship in any way? And I, I really don't, I don't feel like it did at all. Um, Do you think it's weird how people react to him? No, he's like the sweetest. I love, you know, his fans when they come up on the street because he's always so nice and they want to take pictures. Like, I think it's very cute. The only time I hate it is when it's cold outside and I want to go inside and he's like standing out there taking a thousand pictures. Um, Or when we like land in Peru after a 12 hour flight and we had like gotten into some sort of tiff going through customs (laughs) and this girl comes up to us and for literally 20 minutes would not. And, and Beth and I were like on like, opposite ends yeah, of the we, like, security we even each other. She was like, I, she was drunk. She was like, I love you guys. Like, can I take a picture? And I was like, now it's really not a good time. Like uh, we've been traveling for 12 hours, but, but at the end of the day, like we both really love the community of people that we have. Like, I don't even want to say fans. Like it's a community of people mm-hmm. that we really appreciate and love and speak to often and, and communicate inspired with inspired by and, you know? and dogs. Yeah. Yeah. His son and... You know, but the thing, like, the thing about whatever it is that we're doing and what our message is, it's, it's, it's so much about the process and the journey, right? And the people that are watching our lives, that are consuming our lives in any shape or form are part of that process and, like, it wouldn't exist without them, you know? So I don't know. There's just a level of respect that we have for our community that like a lot of people that have fans don't even recognize. They're just, they're, they're part of the story. Do you want we're, to be... we're the same people really at the, at the end of the day. We don't put ourselves on this platform and like are speaking down to people like, yeah. I, I would say we look up to people and talk to them more than we look down to people. Do you want to be famous? Like, is that being, like, you know, hugely known? Is that of interest to either of you? Do you want to be, like, Bethany Myers? Everybody knows Bethany Myers. You want to be Nico, and everybody, like, knows you. I mean, I think that's a loaded question. I think it's, like, famous for what, right? Yeah. Um, I... Growing up, I, yeah, I mean, I wanted to win Oscars and win Grammys and, and, you know, be famous for that. And at this point in my life, like, I don't really care about Hollywood. I don't really care about having the accolade. Like, I, I want to be known as, like, being a good person that inspires people. And um, if fame comes with that, awesome. But, like, I would be just as happy with 20 people, you know, as I would be with 20 million people. Um and as long as like my work always recognizes me and I am living comfortably and can do the things that we want to do and have a family and take care of each other, like I think everything else will just fall into place. It's never the older I get, the less famous I need to be, but probably the more famous I'll be getting because of it. Yeah. Do you feel similarly? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Obviously, as of late, there's been a lot more exposure on my end, and I'm building a business and a community, and there's, like, it is different to, you know, I mean, I walk down the street and also have somebody come up, and that that has been a little different for me. Um, 
I seem like a super open person in a lot of ways I am, but I'm very particular about what I choose to share to be open with in every other respect. I'm a very private person. Like if we go out on a one-on-one date, it takes a long time to break down walls. Um, but I, I mean, I, I feel like me go as far as like having more recognition. It's not about being famous at all, but it is about being able to share a positive message that a lot of people can receive. And so Mm. the more people that you have that know you, then the more your message gets out. And I think we both have really important messages that we want to share and, and, and learn and grow. And I, you know, idea, not like we have all the answers and we want to tell people, but there's a, when you have people that will listen to you and you're able to say good things. What do you think your, what do you, what do you think your message is? I mean, I think it's about visibility right now and really responsibility. Um, I think that, you know, because of who we are and what we look like and our straight passingness and our white skin and, you know, I mean, all of that comes with a responsibility to to stand up for things that are greater than ourselves right now in 2018. Um, You know, the world is living in some trying times and um, we have platforms, and we have to use them, not only for ourselves, but for other people. Mm-hmm. How do you think the fact, you're both obviously very physically attractive people, <laughs> do you think that that made you feel freer to kind of live a non-conformist life because everybody's responding to you so well just based on how you look of course, forever? yeah, it's privilege. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think it was conscious back in the day. Did you always know you were good looking? Yes. <laughs> Did you always know you were good looking? Um, yeah, it was pretty. I mean, I think I got hotter as I got older. <laughs> yeah. As you became more of, like, who you were. Yeah, you know, exactly. Becoming more of who I am and just kind of stepping out. No, but I very much so represent, like, the stereotypical, like, beauty of... Of, well, and your past is that often. Well, yeah, for sure. You're so handsome. I mean, even just like mathematically, like... You're very symmetrical. Yes. <laughs> beauty is math, really. And yeah. So what do you... I mean, do you like the fact that you've been recognized as Like, do you... Is there a part of you when you're cast in a show like The Beautiful Life? Yeah. And they're like, you're a model. Are you like, I'm a model? Yes, girl. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, it has its ups and its downs. Like, What are the downs of being... Oh my god. <laughs> Please share. I mean, I, I've been told I've been too good looking for roles before. I mean, that sounds obnoxious, but it's true. Um, and also, Actually, a lot of roles. A lot of I roles. Like and also, often. like, you don't, historically, you don't take people seriously that are very attractive, right? Mm-hmm. And now that I'm moving into more of the lit world or the academia world, like, I, I have to fight for my voice rather than what I look like and um, in a way that is different for other people like people don't take me seriously all the time I mean I just came out with a book of poetry and people are like oh some hot white dude just came out with a poetry book like fucking jerk off on my face but like actually <laughs> there is you know there there there's real work in that book that is, is so much more than fetishizing my my body and my face I mean I was thinking about this earlier in this conversation when I said that I don't really believe in gender. You know, I, it's like when you're house hunting, okay? 
I don't know why this metaphor came to me, but when you're house hunting, like curb appeal, right? It's it's important. It's it's on the list, but it's not on the top of the list. Like you can see a house from the outside, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. But the second you get into the house, then is when you can like really start to feel how you feel about the house. And once you're in the house, the outside of the house doesn't really matter. And I'm more, way more interested in being in the house than I am being out of the house. But and a lot of people won't go in the house unless it's beautiful from the outside. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like problematic is like how do you get the people in the house in the first place you start in the house you blindfold them and yeah. 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 <laughs> well I mean that's really a big part of the message that I that, that is on my platform and we have some crossover in our message but we have a lot of crossover but a huge thing for me is helping people feel better about their bodies and um, not living in this perfectionist bubble where beautiful is only one thing. And I think beauty is very much determined by yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, and in that sense, like, it does start inward and, and go outward, you know. And um, I think so many people are just really concerned, are stuck on this one idea of what beautiful is and a huge thing for me is being able to recognize your beauty in so many other aspects and like what like you know I'll use boobs for an example I have no boobs Um, I don't even own like a regular bra because none of them fit me and for the longest time, I just thought it was terrible. I was self-conscious. I wore push-up bras. Like, you know, every swimsuit I had had to have ruffles on the boobs because yeah. that's how you look. You know, that's what the magazines tell you, how to make it look like you have more chest. And when I met Nico, he was, like, really into small boobs. And I thought that that was so strange. And I was like, wait, he's attracted to this. And it was a moment where I was, like, not not everyone has this one idea of beauty and um you're quite distracting you know that it's hard for nico to sit still it's very difficult for nico to sit still um so anyway that that was a moment for me when i like opened up and realized that that beauty can be a lot of different things and i i want more people to see that how do you think people like, is there something that you could tell people that would make them feel beautiful themselves when every bit of media they're bombarded with is like, this is what beauty is, this is what beauty is, this is what beauty is? Yeah, I mean, Bethany's creating media that, that changes the narrative. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's the subtle messages, though, that you're able to share when you're sharing become? Or do you think, like, how do you think that that shift happens for people? Well, I think that one of the biggest one of the most important things is to look at yourself and really see yourself for where you are there Mm. and not trying to change it in that moment like I think there comes a place where you have to look in the mirror and be like these are my thighs and these are my lumps and I have cellulite and that may not go away like and and really see yourself and be like this is this is who I am this is what I look like and there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve upon right but there is something wrong with not being okay until you're improved Mm -hmm. and I think that's a very big distinction that we have to make and you know I think of women who have had babies and their stomachs like your your body for most people is not 
highly unlikely that it's going to go back exactly how it was pre-baby because you had a baby like things change you had this thing in your stomach your hips got wider your vagina got stretched like maybe your stomach got cut but that doesn't mean that there can't be another uh, version of yourself that's still just as good and we have we have to start seeing um real bodies represented in media and on and uh, and social media and in marketing and advertising like that that has to happen should we just gain a bunch of weight you and I <laughs> would you be comfortable like are you as somebody who had an eating disorder are you nervous at all about getting pregnant and what that will do to your body oh she's gonna look the cutest in yeah. the whole world preggers I'm very excited to be pregnant. I'm really excited for the experience. I think it's magical thing that females have that we can carry life. Like, I, I think it's absolutely fascinating. I'm really excited for the birthing process um, for whatever reason. I'm just, like, I, I'm excited to experience it. Um, and I think coming from a past of eating disorders, I am, there is a part of me that's, that's nervous about my body changing. So that's something I consistently work on now. And, you know, when I fluctuate a few pounds, there's moments and I'll talk to Nico about this where I'm like, I don't, I don't feel my best. And I, I know that this isn't what I preach, but I'm still sitting here and saying this and, and, you know, and then it's. But I'm the same way too. Yeah. I mean, and Nico's the exact same way. I mean, now I pull you out of more than I feel like you put me out of. Out of just wanting to look at body life. Body love, yeah. And do you feel like that your job and your job for sure makes that much harder? Yeah, yeah definitely. Course. Yeah. I feel like I feel great about myself until I take a picture of myself and think about sharing it publicly mm. and I'm like oh. And then we have such a hard yeah and that's and a huge part of that is because we don't often see real pictures yeah. that aren't just, you know, Face tuned, but then like, you want crazy. you almost like have the urge to be part of the problem because you're like, well, right. I want to look beautiful right. in that way to the world. Right? Yeah. Are you guys going to keep having this sort of same open relationship when you have children? I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah, we're kind of taking it by you know just day by day. Um, there's there's no there's no rules. There's no laws. There's no restrictions. We're and, kind we're, of open and we're figuring it out. It. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time we've been married, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah, how's being married? You guys got married. How long has it been now? Oh, it was um, March 9th, so months? a month, almost exactly. If you haven't seen their wedding pictures, I'll link them in the show notes, but they're the most <laughs> stunningly beautiful pictures ever. Mm, thanks. Some matching gowns for that wedding. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys feel different at all? Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest difference for me is just the response from other people. Uh, you know, any married couple will be so quick to be like, oh, how long have you been married? This is how long we've been married. This is what it is, blah, 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 blah. Um, and I don't know, but we, I mean, I feel the same with you. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a, the getting married for us because we have this very solid foundation, I think it just solidified the foundation of who we are. And it's like, okay, like we have a life that we want to make together um, you're the person I want to do that with. It. I don't feel like it's changed anything, you know, as as far as like dating other people or any of that. Like that well, still. I mean, how it has changed dating other people is that now we're going into any secondary tertiary relationship with the information that okay, we are established as married now. We are recognized by the state and the country as as married, and you know, it 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 changes the amount of energy that we have available for somebody else not 
not necessarily the amount of energy that we have available, but the amount of energy that somebody else will see in us as available. Nobody can come into our relationship now and be like, oh, like, I'm going to, I'm going to marry Nico. Like, I'm going to take Nico away from Bethany and I'm going to marry Nico. Like, okay. Like, we're already married now, you know? That's interesting. And, you know, we, because we didn't always understand what our relationship is, and there's times we've dated other people and we've definitely hurt them or misled them or, you know, I mean, it's, we haven't always been perfect in this, that's for sure. And I always say there's also not a lot of role models to look up to. Like, I mean, there's... I don't None. really know any public relationships <laughs> yeah, where this none. is happening. So so we're figuring it out. And that's something that I that I think the that marriage will help us with is almost helping other people that we date. So it's more uh so it's more clear. Do you guys get nervous at all? I know that like when Hollywood couples break up that people think are so perfect together, um, people freak out. Like uh Channing. Yeah, Channing yeah. Tatum and Jenna Dewan Tatum. Everybody's like, love is dead. And you guys are sort of putting yourselves up as this role model for this particular kind of relationship. Does that put an extra pressure on your relationship? No, we're never going to get divorced. I mean, when we got married, we actually asked the lawyer if we could sign a document that said we're not allowed to get divorced. Instead of a prenup. They were like, that's not legal. That's um, why divorce exists. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but I, you know, I told Nico, I was like, even if we hated each other and we didn't want to be together, like you we just spent- go move to LA for a while. And yeah. like, oh, but outside of divorce, the fact that you have tons of people looking up to you and thinking that you guys have the answers for how to mm-hmm. be in this relationship, does that, are you guys like, we need to figure out how to do it really well so we can like share that with the world? No, I mean, if, well, we, was- if, 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 if we represent like perfection to people all of the time then it is so wildly flawed and it goes against everything that we stand for like we we are going to fall it's inevitable and we want people to see it you know um we're gonna share it and we're gonna keep being honest about who we are and what we represent to each other and that's where real change comes from like i'm not i'm not worried about it i'm not excited about it but like what I think we're ready for anything that comes. We've been through 12 years of a relationship already. We've been through every form. I mean, I'm sure there's other stuff that will come our way, but you know, we've done the work. We're prepared. Do you think that most people would benefit from being in an open relationship? No. Not think? necessarily. How do you know? Yes. Like I think yes. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Why? Um, well, I, I'm, I personally believe in I think that monogamous relationships are great for a lot of people, but I think most people have them because that's the only story that they know. And I think that if we really looked outside the box of what relationships are and how they can be defined, um, I think that we would, that an open relationship actually makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. Because a monogamous relationship or standard marriages really teach you, like, you found this one person and you're going to get everything that you need from them. And I personally think that that's highly unrealistic to believe in any type of relationship that you can have one person that you can get everything from. One best friend that's going to be there for all different needs. Like, 
the best friend that you call when you're really sad and then the best friend that you call when you, you know, want to go out. And the like, I think that, you know, the one that you would call for something funny, like, I think that even in our friendships, we sort of have these different places and you know what you use those friends for, not using friends, but like where they kind of fit. And I believe that relation, you know, romantic relationships can, can be the same. Yes. I'm going to add some on this, but I, I think plenty of people can be in monogamous relationships and still have a handful of best friends that they can go to for other things, right? Yeah, that they their, think their what primary makes it partner isn't fulfilling. But I think that what makes our relationship different is that sexually we romantically we both are interested in more than one thing you know and we celebrate that in each other but i think i understand the spectrum and i and and from from asexual to polyamorous like it all exists and some people don't need that which is why i'm saying that i think monogamy totally works for some people um, I think there's a big fear, at least for me personally, and I think with a number of people, though, that, like, you want to feel like you're enough for somebody. I feel like my life goal is to feel like I'm enough in some way. And for me, getting married was confirmation that, like, at least in one tiny way in my life, I'm enough for a person. And I think it's really scary to admit that that's not true. Well, do you feel like you're enough for yourself? No. Working on it. Well, I think that's where it all comes from, right? Like. Yeah. That is the only relationship that you should always be working on, no matter what. How do you do that? Like, you pragmatically just, speaking. You just put yourself first always. And just, if, if you do the work on yourself, then you will be doing the work on your partner. It, it just is going to happen automatically. And I think that that is something that we allow each other. You know, I was... I did this fashion show yesterday for Nico Panda and I was with all of these like incredible young queer folk that like are prominent public figures and there's this this uh, deaf trans kid named Chella that I was having this conversation with and he's only uh, a year and a half into his relationship with his girlfriend and their relationship is very public. They're fucking beautiful. I love everything they're putting out right now and he was asking me, he was like, how do you guys do it? How have you done it for so long? And my response was like, if you can figure out how to be alone together, <laughs> then everything else falls into place. Like, allow that space for each other. Allow, allow yourself to be your own energy all of the time and let your energy play with your partner's energy. It doesn't always have to become one energy. It can, and it's really beautiful when it does, but if you don't have time for your own energy and your own person and your own beliefs and like your own work, then everything else is gonna fall apart. And that always, no matter what, has to come first. Okay, I have a few questions that I ask <laughs> everybody. Um, that I'd love to hear your guys' answers mm -hmm. to. So what do you guys think is the best way to spend 20 minutes every day in the name of, like, living your best life? In your underwear? I really like being naked. Well, those are two different <laughs> I like things. you being naked, too. Do you like being fully naked or do you like being in your underwear? I guess in my underwear. I'm always in my underwear in my house. Um, but Not always. What are you talking about? Always. You're naked a lot. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I, 
I mean, actually, if we did this at her house, she would a hundred percent would have walked downstairs naked to like, like I, I'm not dressed yet, and like wouldn't have said anything to you at all, and I would just been like, okay, well, Bethany Myers, ladies and gentlemen, she just doesn't even think about so it. I made a miscalculation. <laughs> um, That's funny. We're talking about this right now. I'm sorry, but. We're talking about being married and being together for 12 years. And then I just said at Bethany's house, like, fact, we actually don't live together in New York City. Right yeah, I was second. actually really surprised when yeah. I found that out. We're moving in together. At the end of the month, yeah. Are you guys nervous about that? We haven't lived together since Brooklyn. A little nervous. Yeah. We've got a house upstate, though, too. So yeah. I'll be spending more time upstate. He's going to go up there and we'll be able to have space. What's going to be interesting, interesting about navigating that is, is, is dating other people, though, in the city. You know, like, how is that necessarily going to work? Would you guys, like, text each other and be like, Nico, don't come home tonight? I mean, maybe that could happen. I think you have to go to that person's house. Go to that person's house. Or hotel. Bethany would be able to text me and be like, hey, babe, I'm going to use the house. house. But I would never be able to text that to Bethany. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There is a... A difference in the freedom that we have for each other, and it's okay. Like we don't expect the same freedom from each other. So, do you prefer not to know what he's doing? No, I I would rather know. I, it's I think that honesty and communication is like way way better. I just think that there's been some different instances in the past where I, I mean, where I felt hurt if I'm being honest, and so we're still. You know, just working through some of those, like, past bruises. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... But nothing in, like, a... Like, publicly speaking, yeah, we very much so represent, like, the 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 poster kids for polyamory right this second. But the fact of the matter is, is, like, we're pretty new in this community. And we don't have all of the answers for navigating, you know, external relationships. And we are... We're very interested in learning and and continuing to learn and, you know, hopefully globally, like traveling and having conversations with people and taking this conversation public and really um, understanding what, what poly life can look like. And Is there anything that you have learned that you feel like if you want to try an open relationship, you need to know this? You just have to talk to each other about Constantly. everything. Yeah. Yeah. But there isn't just one version of a poly relationship either. There, right. there are closed poly relationships. There's farm table poly relationships, farm super table? open, where it's like all your partners are hanging out together uh, all the everyone time. Everyone can sit together and have a dinner. Yeah. Can you guys do that or no? Yeah. Yes. Depending I'm better than you. Fighting. I would rather it be all open at a table. I don't think that, I think you like to compartmentalize more than I do. Yeah. But I'm like that with every, everyone that I date. Like, I will you, bring them around my friends right away. I like group settings. I like everyone to know each other. I like everyone to talk like that. It's just who I am innately. But you also are, like, way more of a social person than I am. Right. I'm, like, You're a fucking hermit. Person. I can, oh, my, yes, in so many ways. I can spend most of my time alone and have no problem with it. Are you an introvert? Are you an extrovert? No, I'm an extrovert. Like, I prefer to be alone with the person that I'm in a relationship with. Rather than like gallivanting, yeah, yeah, and I would much rather be in a group setting. But I think part of that is Nico is it's easier to bring down his walls, and it's harder for me. So I I like group settings. Yeah, the same way I prefer to teach a group class over a private class. You know, like I I really like more of being on stage and have everyone else there as opposed to just a 
one-on-ones making me and more nervous. I can fall in love with somebody in 10 minutes and it'll take, you know, 10 months for Bethany to yeah. fall in love with someone. <laughs> but is it like once you're in, you're in with you? If, if I let you in, it's, I really, like, it's a big yeah. deal. I let but, most people in immediately. Yeah. And then you close it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have very, very different love languages. Very sure. different. What are wait, what's your number what have you guys done the actual like love languages? It's been a while it's since I've done yeah. my test. I don't know. Yeah. They're in a different language actually, so we can't speak on them. <laughs> nobody would really understand it. It's pig Latin. My actually. husband and I have opposite, like literally exactly oh, opposite really? love languages, mm. yeah. And I was like, okay. cute. Work for yeah. Years. We'll <laughs> so twenty minutes every day. Um, Wait, I changed my answer. I think twenty minutes every day you should spend alone. Okay. And I think a lot of people don't actually get like twenty minutes a alone. day where they're like by themselves in their. Th- I don't want to say like meditation because like that's you know. Is I mean, it whatever. alone without like your phone though? Yeah, I think just like having more, you can sit with your thoughts and things are turned off and see how you feel and examine your body and. Be with yourself. And Nico, 20 minutes? Creating something. Art of some sort, yeah. I mean, that doesn't mean like a paintbrush and a canvas, but create something. Words, feelings. Movements. Movements. Yeah, just create something that didn't exist. You guys go dancing together? We used to a lot more when... Yeah. I don't really like drinking. dance very sexy. I don't really love dancing unless I'm drinking. (laughs) You still dance? I still dance, but like we used to really. Wait, you guys did that? Um, the cutest oh, yeah, yeah. video. Oh my god! <laughs> when we are by ourselves in the apartment, we have music on, dancing around, yeah. and being silly. And yes, I guess we like to move together. That's what I meant. Um, what purchase have you made that's helped you the most to become healthier or happier? I mean, probably the house. Upstate. Mm-hmm. The new house. Right. We haven't even moved into it yet. We've been in a rental, but. What my, helps you about it? My whole life, I mean, my entire life, I have wanted my own piece of property and my own house. And I have felt like I I, I, I wouldn't have been a real human being unless I had that or an adult human being. It was like that was the crossover for me. And this past month, I did it. I bought a house. and We haven't moved into it yet, but... To know that I have a piece of land that I can literally kiss and know that it's like mine to kiss. Oh, God. It's the best feeling in the whole world. What do you feel like when you go up there versus when you're down in the city? Pure freedom. Breath. Air. Grass. Deer. Flowers. (laughs) I love that these are the things that New Yorkers get excited about, too. It is really exciting when you see grass. I actually grew up really close to the city in Chicago and she grew up in the country and like it's it takes a lot to pull her out of the city and it takes a lot to keep me in the city yeah so do you get bored when you go upstate I've I've really been enjoying um, going up and, and getting that space that time away but when we went to Peru we left December 11th we didn't end up coming back to the city until January 10th so that was like a month of not being in the city and at the end of it I was like I have to get back and get in a groove and we walked on the street and like get going then we were upstate for a month so I was I stayed, I was upstate for all January. Writing? Yeah, finishing the book. 
and I came back. So purchase for you? Um, and your vibrator? Yeah, that's actually a really good one. Um, Is there one you recommend? No. I don't know what that thing is called. It's great. I can find out for everyone. Um, I don't know that I have an answer for that one. I don't okay. need to think about that. Yeah, you can think about it. Can update people later. <laughs> um, what's one really good decision you've made in your life, and what's one really big mistake? My best decision I made was moving as much as I did. And I think that that maybe appeared as a mistake. Like if you're in your 20s and every two years you're moving to a new city and it's like, okay, settle down and create work. But that was the best thing that I did because now I have um, amazing people all over the country that I know and have talked to. And that's been very effective in building an online platform and business. Um, I don't think that I could pin a mistake. I mean, I'm sure that there's things that have been done that and maybe people. weren't the greatest. <laughs> um, but I don't. But I don't look at it as, as a mistake mm -hmm. in my life. Like I think everything has ended up bringing me to where I am, and I wouldn't change any of it. Best decision: putting alcohol down. Um, worst decision. while I was blacked out drunk deciding four years ago to get ahead of dreadlock extensions. <laughs> worst decision of my entire life. It only lasted 12 hours. I shaved my head the next morning. But it was the worst decision of my entire life. Yeah, I'm sorry for all like of the cultural appropriation that comes along with it, but I was very, very inebriated. It was a really dark time. <laughs> it, was, it was just 12 hours. It was one of the worst 12 hours of my life. That moment makes me, like, sad. Like, it's hard for me to talk about that time. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Has there ever been a place that you've been that you feel like they, people really got it right there? Like, you're like, these people know how to live life. And if so, where was where was it? To live life. Yeah, like, you're like, these people got it. This is what life's about. They're living it right. I would say um, us right here in New York. <laughs> Me and you? Yeah. We've been anywhere we feel like people. I mean, I think that the problems and people and, and everything that we deal with is universal. It's like in reality, it's been happening forever. And I think it happens anywhere. And I think that people deal with family dynamics and all of the same things. Um, it's more about like your outlook on it. Uh, South America is really special. We've had some really great time down there. Peru specifically. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but the town that you have to go into before you get to the jungle, ooh, they're not doing it right. I always have the sense that like if I were to move someplace that my life would like fall into place a little bit more. So I'm always curious if people feel like, you know, there is a place like that. I mean I think it's I think more it's people, not a place. It, yeah. Yeah. I think there there are people that are doing it right everywhere and there are people that are doing it wrong everywhere. Um, yeah. All right. And then what do you normally eat for breakfast? Coffee. <laughs> no, actually, this has been something I've been working on because I used to never eat in the morning. And um, 
I have learned that that's bad for you, but also like bad for your cycle. And as a female, and I was having all these like cramps during my period and was like just in a lot of pain. And um, I read the book, The Woman Code, mm-hmm. which is pretty incredible. And so she talks about kind of the way that you eat throughout the day and having food in the morning. So I try to do oatmeal or a smoothie in the morning. What's in your smoothie? Banana, collagen, almond milk, spirulina tabs, mm-hmm. honey, some other fruit, whatever and is in the house. <laughs> Nico, you do like a crazy um, tonic thing, right? Yeah, I do a coffee every morning with collagen, cacao. I feel like I should just read this piece because it, it is like perfect for this answer. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> this is from the new book, All of It Is You. Love and I wrote this book <laughs> by Nico Tortorella. It is officially available April 17th of this year, which is five days away from right this second. That is crazy. Oh my God, that is crazy. And this is um, a piece called Drink. This is like the, the, I would say like the quirkiest piece in this book. This is not like the tone for the whole book. Okay. But this is, maybe I'll read too. Who knows? Uh, this is called Drink. <clears throat> I drink to, mm, Drink. I drink to make myself more interesting. Vegetable and fruit juice, cold pressed, Vitamix, nuts, milk, milked coconuts, kombucha, ferments, apple cider, vinegar, turmeric and ginger, grasses, wheat, coffee, organic tea, cacao, hot and cold, chaga, lion's mane, mushroom, reishi, tocotrinols, Mayan maca, pollen from bees, collagen, infused superfood, elixirs, soy, interesting. Except not soy. It's 2018. I love you responsibly. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Do you think people do the whole wellness thing to make themselves more interesting? Yeah, totally. I think they do it to give themselves a false sense of control over their own mortality. Ooh. (laughs) Which is more interesting. Yeah, it's more interesting (laughs) for sure. Cool. Um, well, I was going to ask if you wanted to read something to close us out or do one of your amazing spoken word poem vibes. Should I read the, the marriage piece, babe? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read marriage and children as one solid piece together. <clears throat> and then i got to get out of here. But yeah. <clears throat> okay. Marriage. I have issue with you. Inequality speaking, the piece of paper benefits reaped decidedly. Archaic laws set by church still directly connected to states, not just nationally. And why does sickness come before health vowed? And why are we talking about death at a time like this? Symbolic exchange, a ring energetically protecting the one finger vein directly to heart. I've spent the last 11, 12 years in one way or another with my best friend and plan to spend the next hundred lifetimes with them. So. Bethany, Christine Myers, all of it is, has always been, always will be you. I love you. As I get down on one knee as to bow in your presence, will you marry me? Except I have issue with even that tradition. So we had a conversation and mutually agreed the time is now to tie the knot and that's how it should be. Goodbye, patriarchy. Children, I have dreamt of you, already held you in arms and wept, woke in mornings whole, more whole, except without you to physically hold. I hold your soul in mine, known you are already superstarred. 
special, molded from wellspring, holy. And although you may hear things about mom and dad, I need you to know there never has been, never will be a love more expansive than the one we have till now. You see, you are the physical manifestation of our explosive energy. See, you hold us both entirely forever and ever and ever as we hold you. Babies, we love you more than you will ever know. And although we won't be perfect and neither will you, we prefer it that way. As much as we're trying to make this world a safer place, it is still wildly flawed. So that just means there's more to play, more to work more to work hard, more to create. You, my dears, are defined freedom. As lucky as we are to have you, you are to have us, wild us, unconditionally, without expectations, we accept you. And the only peace we ask in return is simple. You have been created out of our pure cosmic love. So whenever things get tough as human beings, they must return to us example that love always wins no matter what. And don't take any of it too seriously. Babies have fun. I love you. Still dreaming of you for you forever with tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we love you too. (laughs) Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Okay, you know what stat blows my mind? People in the U.S. take about 20,000 breaths per day and spend an average of 90%, 90% of their time indoors. And that indoor air can be up to 100 times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the EPA. Indoor air pollutants can cause respiratory symptoms like sneezing, congestion, scratchy throat, and even more serious health problems like lung and heart disease. I talked about this with a world-famous doctor friend years ago, and I was like, it is awful. What do I do? And she said, you need a high-quality air purifier, and you need to keep one in any room that you spend a ton of time in which is why I am so excited to introduce you to Air Doctor. Air Doctor goes above and beyond the HEPA standard, which requires that 99.97% of particles at 0.3 microns be captured by a filter. Air Doctor uses an ultra-HEPA filter that was independently tested and proven to remove at least 99.99% of particles as small as 0.003 microns. That is 100 times smaller than the HEPA standard. This includes allergens, pollen, pet dander. For any other pet parents who are allergic to their babies, this makes the biggest difference in my allergies with Bella. Highly recommend for that alone. This includes dust mites, mold spores, and even bacteria and viruses. Also, if you live somewhere that is coming up on potential fires this summer, please, please, please get an air doctor so you have it ready. Breathing in smoke is awful for your lungs. And as somebody who lives in California, it gives me such peace of mind that I have my air doctor ready to go. We have a few, but if you are starting with one, keep it in the bedroom. That way you're breathing great air for at least a third of your life and it'll help you get better sleep, which will have so many downstream positive effects. And as a little bonus extra, it has such a nice white noise sound. It actually helps me fall asleep and stay asleep. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you do not love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. 
Head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code LizMoody and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. And this part is exclusive to Liz Moody podcast listeners. You will receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock in this special offer by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code Liz Moody.